Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, did you fall asleep watching the markets today? It might have happened. It was a pretty quiet type of trade day. Wondering if there's going to be any sort of fireworks, though, as we get closer to Wednesday and really what this is all going to mean post-Wednesday. Also, did you hear about bird flu in China? Yeah, we'll get all the details as we talk today with Sue Martin. Sue is with Agon Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Let's start out. It was a quiet trade day. Uh, we saw some higher corn, but lower on the beans and the wheat. Not a lot of excitement for a Monday. No, it was really a very quiet day. Uh, bean oil kind of helped beans stay lower while meal was just faintly higher, just marginally. And uh, bean oil was lower mainly because of the fact that India uh, put um, uh, bans on imports of Malaysian palm oil. There's a little friction going on between the two countries. Sounds a little familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two different players this time. And um, But uh, basically, that allowed for bean oil to catch its breath and step back. So uh, that helped the beans stay lower all day, even after they took out a higher high uh, from Friday's high overnight and then of course came back and closed lower now if they start to come down and take out the 935 and a half low that we had on friday after the government report that's going to be a little disappointing to this bean market um you know it's just we've got uh vice chinese vice premier Li uh in washington he came in on sunday and of course is having meetings here you know with um uh, Steve Mnuchin and uh, also with uh, the U.S. Trade Representative uh, Robert Litzheiser. And so, and then on Wednesday, uh, he's expected to sign the phase one agreement with President Trump. So we'll see. Um, I don't know what time that'll take place, um, but um, they're certainly not announcing it anyway. Uh, but at the moment, I think that um, the market is like sort of in a a quiet watch and see mode. You know, we didn't get anything to really drive us much out of the reports that we had here last week on Friday. Um, And, of course, uh, the USDA, NAS has said that next spring they'll resurvey uh, the states where, you know, crops are still standing like North Dakota, South Dakota, part of Illinois, you know, Michigan, that kind of thing. And uh, we'll see what goes on. But I'm hearing an awful lot of corn and beans moving because they're not storing well in the elevate or in the bins on the farms. And so farmers are taking and have not much choice to move this grain before it goes totally out of condition. So um, that's good. You know, I'm hearing it everywhere. But the key is the USDA won't address that. They will address that as disappearance because it takes more of the commodity when it's in not as good a condition to get the end result. And so you get a disappearance and they'll show it as disappearance down the road. Well, you look at that and, and it shouldn't come as any surprise that the USDA said we need to go back and relook at those numbers knowing that there's so many crops still left in the field. I think so too. I mean, we just had to realize that they would do that. And the other thing is, if they go back in the spring, um, you know, are they going to take a yield look? Because yields should decline with crops sitting in the fields through this winter. And, you know, 
there's some beans. I've even heard that there's some beans yet out there, but basically the corn is the one that's really got a fair amount yet out in the fields. I don't know. You know, um, the market is struggling, looking for something, and of course, if it's going to take till spring, we're going to get that on the corn. Seasonally, corn tends to drift into about January 26th, 27th, right around in there. And that'll be the day after we ha- come back from the uh, Martin Luther King holiday. Um, and, well, actually, it's even later than that. That's next weekend. Um, it'll be the weekend after that that we come back. And um, then you look at uh, the market, and it's basically, you know, saying, okay, will we get anything out of China? And, Susan, I would not be shocked if China did not step up to the plate and do some goodwill buying right away. It wouldn't shock me at all because it would turn around and give the market a disappointment break and then they could come in and buy and get it cheaper. You and I were talking about that before we started the Fontenelle final bell and really no surprise that there probably isn't going to be a lot of fireworks coming with Wednesday's signing and, and, the, and the wait thereafter. But at the same time, we know that they need food. We know not only for, for people, but for livestock. At what point do we put this pride aside and and worry about our people? Well, I kind of, and this is just my own wag thought process, Okay, but I kind of tend to think that it wouldn't shock me that um, uh, President Trump and his negotiating team has been working with China, walking through these various steps knowing china needs everything their soils are are contaminated they can't produce enough to feed their population so they have to be buying elsewhere and you know brazil and the u.s and argentina are the three main good suppliers that they can count on but the thing is um you know china has has needed help to get stuff bought for their commodities and if prices were to be pushing sky high, all of a sudden it's going to cost them so much more where they've got kind of a win-win right now. Prices are cheap. If you look at, at corn, um, December corn at 404 today or 40, yeah, 404 and three quarters, which by the way, that's a higher close than the high of, of December 30th. But if they were to, uh, have to buy a whole lot more corn, and or even um, the products that come off of corn like DDGs and ethanol. Uh- well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Um. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin continues to join us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Before we headed to break, we were talking a little bit about some of the action that was going on um, with China. We know, obviously, that Wednesday's the big signing day and don't expect a lot of fireworks post. But let's talk, Sue, about bird flu. Not a lot's been said about China and the issues they've got now, adding already to the issues they have with African swine fever. Well, they, they've, over the past week, I think it's been a good week, they found, uh, avian bird flu in a flock of swans in China. And out of 150 swans, 15 of them had died. And that's a big co- concern. And all of a sudden, it just, the information about it just sort of disappeared. Well, of course, there, if that 
that has to be a major concern of the government over there because avian bird flu jumps to humans. So you cannot eat the meat. Um, so they have to destroy the poultry where when you're talking African swine fever, they say that virus does not jump to humans and they can eat the meat. So that is a big one because, you know, Chinese people eat an awful lot of poultry, chicken and duck. And so it's going to be a real interesting thing that we need to keep an eye on uh, because if that's if that starts to expand further and the fact that they've already found it, um, that's going to be a big concern. And that means, boy, they're going to have to really double down and be importing even more poultry and, of course, pork and what have you just to have enough food, enough protein available for their population. We had some uh, tighter ethanol margins. Is this going to be a continued factor as we get towards spring? I think so. Um, I think that uh, when we look at, you know, it's up to the farmer whether he's going to be selling. You know, this is the spring. We've been hearing that we're going to have an early spring. And if that indeed is the case, farmers, when they can get in the field this year, they're going to, they always remember the most recent, the best. And they'll be so anxious to get in the field, get stuff done, and then they'll think about moving grain. I think the basis is going to get extremely tight. And I think it's going to be that way come March, April, because if this is true, and I've been hearing it from two different weather sources now, if this indeed is true, that will be, one, it's music to the farmer's ears. They need a good spring. But two, they're really going to make every effort in the world to get that grain moved when they start on a good basis when they start getting out of the field. Looking at the export numbers, softer side, and it's just, that has been a pattern we've been in for a long time. Struggles. It has. It has. South America has been, Argentina and Brazil both have been, of course, competing very aggressively. Um, and then also uh, the fact that they've had a drop because of the African swine fever means less corn, less soy meal. But the bottom line is you also have got them trying to repopulate back. And that takes a lot of time with hogs. But if, again, I go back to that African or avian bird flu, if they have it and it continues to spread and it seems like the conditions would be rather right for it, Boy, that could really be hurtful for imports of corn. Over to the livestock side, and we talked a little bit about the bird flu and African swine fever, but we just continue to see some low numbers in these livestock. What are your thoughts as to what has set the tone for this trade? Well, the hog market, you know, is is not that far from the lows, basis the February contract. And I think it's the fact that we don't, you know, it's like the market has totally ignored the amount of uh, pork that we're sending over to China. Now, granted, come you know January one, we had JBS go ractopamine free. February one, you've got Tyson ractopamine free. That should be a positive for the markets because when they start doing that, it's about thirty days. All of a sudden, that slows up the push of these hogs getting to the marketplace, and we have plentiful supply of hogs. So all of a sudden, it's slowing that up, 
maybe that's weighing on the market. I think also what's weighing on this hog market is the fact that you have China releasing pork out of their uh, reserves, their warehouse reserves, cold storage, because they're heading into the Chinese Lunar New Year, which starts on January 25th. So, you know, we've seen that a year ago in June. I think it was when they, uh, or last year in June, when the uh, Chinese were taking a lot of pork out of their reserves. And it was just putting a lot of pork onto the, the consumer and to the marketplace. And that lowered or dimmed the thoughts that we would get that business. We're going to get business. We have good, good pork, Will. But What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you uh, have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.